Ryan. Welcome to episode 194 of No Crying in Baseball, the Why the Fuck is Potty Mouth Doing the Intro episode. My name is Potty Mouth, and I am here with special guest Blake Krause, all the way from Colorado. You, uh, Some of you faithful fans might remember Blake back from episodes 128 through 130 when he helped us learn how to keep score. And Patty is without Wi-Fi, although she's on the road, and we might try to call her uh, sometime during the show to see if we can get a a little bit of of audio from her. But she's going to be without Wi-Fi for the next several days on vacation with the family. So we have Blake Pinch hitting here. Welcome, Blake. So happy you could join me. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to fill in for Patty. Um, You guys have been such wonderful friends, such wonderful baseball colleagues, and have done so much, especially to highlight women in baseball on this fantastic podcast. So it is so special for me to get to fill in for my dear friend, Patty. Thank you. Yeah, that's it's awesome. We first met Blake up way up in Section 408 of Nats Park, where we all had uh, season tickets for a couple of years. And Blake was faithfully scorekeeping the whole time. And so Patty's kid, Camden, also a scorekeeper. The two of them shared shared notes once in a while, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Patty was nosy. She had to ask a million questions <laughs> about the scorekeeping. And thank God she did because uh, here I am all these years later. That's so cool. And I've got to say that Patty definitely followed your scorekeeping teachings from from those episodes and has kept up me on the other hand I actually I bought a scorecard when we went to the Red Sox at Fenway last week and promptly gave it to Mr. Potty Mouth because I had forgotten my reading glasses so I couldn't do shit how'd he do I think he did okay yeah I actually meant to bring it over here to show you I'll do that I'll do that after we finish recording I'm very proud of him totally it was a good game So I think you know, Blake, that we have boyfriends here. So I I hope you're good with the boyfriend situation. We're going to talk about our baseball boyfriends. It's what we do all the time. These are the guys that Patty and I picked in the offseason because they're cool. It's something beyond the field. It's the kind of a boyfriend that you want to hang out and have a beer with. So we each pick one per team each season. We have to give them up after a season except for one. And then we check in on them every week and see how they're doing. And this week was the all-star announcement. Here's a little bit of a potty mouth post-recording clarification. Blake and I were only talking about the starters. When we recorded, it was only the starters that were announced for the All-Stars. So since then, a lot of these guys have been added to the All-Star roster. We just didn't know when we were talking about it. So here we go, back to me and Blake recording on uh, July 4th. So I kind of went head to head between Patty and I in our baseball boyfriend picks for the All-Stars. Now, I know also, luckily, we have Blake, you here with your expertise on these All-Star picks. So I'll kind of run down. I'll give the boyfriend info on who picked whom. And then you can give me a little bit of uh, extra info on the guys that I'm clueless about. So for catcher from, and I'm doing this a little bit backwards. I'm doing National League first, but National League, Buster Posey was, I think, Patty's pick in the first season of this uh, of this show. And Salvador Perez was my pick in, I think, the first season of the show. So right now we're at, we're at one-to-one. So that's not so bad. That's a pretty good start. Yeah, bounce back year for two old guys uh, behind the plate. Buster <laughs> Posey. Well, no, Buster Posey um, finding it again. I think they realize that he's better off catching every other day and having rest days than trying to stick him at first base every other day. So mm-hmm. he's playing a lot better. And Salvador Perez coming, I think he's only a year or two off injury. I can't remember if it was 19 or 20 that he was injured the whole season. Um, and so that's great to see. But then again, there's been no competition for the best catcher in the AL um, in the last yeah. few years. Salvador Perez has been the top of the top. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, I've got to start making a case for Christian Vasquez for the Red Sox is really heating up. But he was. He is. At this He's point. looking good, though. He's looking yeah. good. So on to first base, we've got Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta team, which was Patty's pick. And then we, we're, we're still tied here. And then we've got me with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is my Toronto pick last year. So that were the year before, actually. I did a way premature pick for Vladdy. And the cool thing about Vladdy is that he is the top vote getter. And he's the youngest guy to be the top vote getter. So, yeah, we like young guys yeah. <laughs> once in a while. Oh, obviously, Freddie's Freddie, right? I mean, yeah. year after year. And everyone loves Freddie. I mean, he's known as like the friendliest guy at first base. So how could you not love Freddie Freeman? You could hate his team, but I hate his team. But you could love Freddie yeah. Freeman. 
and yeah, I mean, Vlad Jr. is doing what his dad did. I mean, uh, the the uh, old corny saying of like father like son has never been true with Vlad Jr. It's almost upsetting. Um, you know, he lost all that weight in the off season. Yeah. Um, not to body shame here. You could see me behind the microphone, but I think that's really helped him unlock his full potential. And you see what Toronto's doing, what he's doing for Toronto. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that too with Raphael Devers and third, he lost a shit ton of weight in the off season this year and it's totally working for him. So those guys there, I think it's more their conditioning. Let's put it that way. Let's go body positive. I think it's building muscle, getting into shape. And and they're they're making it work. I think the the Freddie Freeman friendliest guy in first base should be a T-shirt. I, I like that. You know, they have the MV free one from last year, but the friendliest yeah, yeah, guy yeah. in first works. I like that too, Freddie. Freddie Freeman friendliest guy. <laughs> that should be an award at the end of the year when he retires. They should have the Freddiest free uh, the Freddie the Freddiest Freeman the Freddiest Freeman <laughs> friendliest guy award. That's what I think. That will be a tongue twister to go down for the ages. All right, yeah. on to second base. Second base, I have no winners here. It's uh, Adam Frazier for the National League and Marcus Simeon, who's Patty's current pick off um, off the A's, right? Oh, no, he's at Toronto now. He's at Toronto. Yeah. I mean, going to Toronto has turned around Marcus Semien's career. He was mm-hmm. uh, fine for the A's the last few years. I think Toronto kind of got into it, not 100% sure where they're going to stick him in the infield with Bichette. And, um, uh, oh, man, what's his name? Biggio. The other kid. Yeah, and, and Kevin Biggio. So they brought him in kind of just to bring him in, and he's had a remarkable season. I made the mistake in my fantasy league of dropping him after the first week because they didn't bother to cross-list him at multiple positions. But that's oh, a beef wow. I have with Yahoo. So that's okay. And Adam Frazier, I'm a little mad at him, to tell you the truth. I go to a lot of Rockies games and I'm watching them against the Pirates on Monday. And before the games, I like to look up the lineups on Twitter so I could fill out my scorecard. I could not find the Pirates Twitter because they changed their name from like Pittsburgh Pirates to Adam Frazier Stan account. Oh, really? So <laughs> I have a little beef with Adam Frazier, but good for him. And, and you know, good for the Pirates. There's a silver lining with every awful season and Adam Frazier's it for the Pirates. Absolutely. Yeah, talk about silver linings with awful seasons. Third base, Nolan Arenado. The Cardinals have not been shining, but Arenado's Arenado, right? And then for the American League, we have Rafael Devers from my Red Sox. And he's, yeah, looking good. I, he's got to lay off the chewing tobacco. Actually, it looks like he was chewing gum last night, so I'm feeling a little bit better about that. But Yeah, Rafael Devers has been insane this year. What a year for him. He's looking like mm-hmm. he did when they won the World Series in 2018. Arenado's obviously a special player. I was at... Uh, the Rockies game on Thursday, which was his return to Coors Field. Um, And that was really special to see the way the fans embraced him. There was no booing, anything like that. It was all Uh, cheers. He took a curtain call, waved to all the fans. I mean, that was real special to see. Anyway, back to uh, third base. Um, Chris Bryant, though. To me, the snub here is Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant has not only Mm -hmm. had a ridiculous bounce back season, he's having an amazing year. Not only did he finish behind Arenado in voting, he finished behind Justin Turner in third base voting, which I think is absurd. I mean, no disrespect to Justin Turner. Well, maybe a little disrespect to Justin Turner, but I don't think that he's having a better year than Chris Bryant. So I was a little bothered to see that, but you know, no shame in Arenado. He's an excellent third baseman on a team that's disappointing for sure. Yeah. And, and I didn't, did I mention that he's my current pick? He's my current pick. So that means he's my this year's baseball boyfriend. And Marcus Simeon is also Patty's current pick for this year. So those are the first two current baseball boyfriends that we have on the lineup. And shortstop is the guy that I wish I had never had to give up, which is Fernando Tatis Jr. for the National League, who's the first Padre since 1999 with Tony Gwynn to make the all-star lineup starters. And, uh, and how old were you then, Brett? When Tony Gwynn was- <laughs> Don't do this to me, potty mouth. Why are you doing this to me? How old were you is the question. I was, I was 31 years old, I believe. Oh, I was four years old. Yeah. yeah. What can I say? How, how old was your kid? A negative two. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so, right. It's older than right. your and- kid. Yet, you know a lot more about baseball than me somehow. You've got that just like trap of a mind. I'm freakish that way. What can I tell you? <laughs> anyway, back to uh, 
the American League, Xander Bogarts from the Red Sox. So this is actually pretty cool that Bogarts and and Devers are the first shortstop third base combo from the Red Sox to make it at the same time. So that's pretty sweet to, to talk about the Red Sox infield actually working. That that corner of the infield has been lacking for a long time until these guys showed up. So good to I mean, see. as we know, the Red Sox aren't notorious for infield errors, especially in big moments. So um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that, it pains me. It pains me to make Potty Mouth so happy with how many mm-hmm. uh, Red Sox All-Stars there are, especially two guys that kind of disappointed a little bit uh, for a while there. Devers and Xander Bogats, as you would right. say. And, you know, Tatis, what what can you say about that guy? I mean, he's been hurt half the year, but who cares? The other half of the year, he's he's just insane. It's It's nauseating. It's confusing. It makes me dizzy. I don't understand it. And he's so much fun to watch, and he's such a nice guy. He's just a sick man. There's yeah. something, there's something, nobody is that good. Yeah. And to see these, like the Suns hitting the all-star thing too. So here's another one, you know, along with Vladdy Jr., Tatis Jr. There's some, some proud papas out there, which, you know, you, that's got to be adorable. They should add an event to the all-star game. Yeah. <clears throat> that's fathers versus sons. I think that'd be fun. Oh, that and would maybe be mothers too. There might be some softball moms out there. Sure. Yeah. Parents versus kids. First pitch thrown out by, and it was in, I think it was in the Dominican League with Robinson Cano's mom and another mom. And I'm blanking on who the other one was. But yeah, we need that more often. We need to see more moms pitching. Oh, yeah. All right, we can go to the outfield. Patty is raking, raking the outfield with her picks. She picked Ronald Acuna Jr. She picked Nick Castellanos. She picked Jesse Winkler, who is her current Reds boyfriend. And that's a really cool thing for Reds fans, too, to have both Castellanos and Winkler, who are both just like remarkable guys, remarkable players out there together. So that is a full sweep with uh, Patty with the National League. And the American League, Mike Trout is somebody that has not been picked by us on purpose. And, uh, And Patty's more sort of forceful on this, that he's not a guy we would have a beer with. And that's like the bottom line of the baseball boyfriend thing. Got to be somebody you can hang out and have a beer with. We're not going to be talking weather over a beer with Mike Trout. So he has not been picked, although one might argue that he is deserving. Teoscar Hernandez, I'm kicking myself for missing him for this breakout year with the Blue Jays. I wish to hell I had picked him, but I did not. And then Aaron Judge, picked by Patty, made it, I think, and and I'm sure you have opinions on this, Blake. I think that the AL outfield picks are is just bullshit, really. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, when it comes down to it, the all-star voting is flawed in the fact that to a degree it's going to be a popularity contest. Yeah. Why did Justin Turner come in second in third base voting? Yeah. When you look at it, you know, Aaron Judge isn't having the best year he's had. I, I like Teoscar Hernandez. I'm happy for yeah. him. Do I think he's the best outfielder in the AL? No. And Trout's been hurt. Trout's been hurt. Yep. When you look at the runners up, I mean, Byron Buxton is a guy who's well deserving of it, but has been hurt. You know, it's hard to pick a guy like that, though, when he's played, he's been excellent. But, you know, the guys who have finished behind them in voting don't excite me either. Michael Brantley doesn't excite me. Cedric Mullins doesn't excite me. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait. It, Cedric Mullins is fat. He's been holding that team together. I mean, him and, you know, we'll talk about Montcastle in a minute. And, yeah, I mean, I could I, I could say that Cedric Mullins is more deserving, um, yeah. probably than Aaron Judge. I the think guy so. who, who got finished last here on the runners up is Alex Verdugo. Um, hmm. I hate again to give your Red Sox credit, and I'm not sure that he is necessarily All Star worthy, but Alex Verdugo is having an excellent season. Yeah, he is. There's just a lot of guys out there I think are more suited. And again, Trout obviously is deserving when he plays, but just like Buxton, he's been hurt. I can't make a case for them. As for yeah. the NL, though, I mean, yeah, this Reds tandem is just fantastic. Castellanos, I saw coming. I picked him on one of my fantasy teams. Winker, I did not. Um, I got to give him credit. It's a wonder the Reds are so bad. Yeah. Despite they're raking it up and pretty decent rotation. But yeah, those are two guys deserving of it. And it's been a while for Reds fans. It's been a while yeah. for them. Um, and they're they're a good fan base. I know a lot of Reds fans, really good, true fans. So I'm happy for them. Acuna, obviously, he's a fantastic player. Perhaps we'll get to see him lean into a pitch and get hit <laughs> at the All-Star game. That'd be fun. I'll be there because um, it's here in Colorado. That's I got so tickets. Cool. So 
Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Acuna get mad for getting hit again. But yeah, obviously a deserving player um, as well. A little bothered by some of the runners up, especially how far um, Juan Soto having a great year year after year has not been an all-star. He finished dead last in terms of those who got, you know, a sizable vote. So he got 6% That's of the vote. Crazy. Where's that Nats fan base at? I mean, how can we let Juan Soto go down that badly? That's I mean, l- let me ask you this question. How does Mike Yastrzemski, who's having an awful right. year, and I think he's a great outfielder and a really great young guy, mm-hmm. but he's having a terrible year. How does he finish above Harper and Soto? I mean, Jack well, Peterson is a great outfielder. You know, I mean, I don't think he's a better outfielder yeah. than Juan Soto. Um, but, you know, we see this a lot. The Nats have been sort of snubbed, in my opinion. I say this as a Nats fan year after year. Arenado is mm-hmm. obviously a fantastic third baseman, but there were years where I thought Rendon deserved to be an all-star. Right. Trey Turner has been top shortstop in terms of F4 for several years running now. But, you know, there's so many. I mean, you, you can't deny that Tatis is a fantastic shortstop. Right. What are you going to do now? How Javi Baez and Brandon Crawford get more votes than Trey Turner is beyond me. Well, it comes down to the fan base, right? So you're looking at Cubs, which are powerful. And, you know, and as far as, you know, Strzemski goes, the Giants are having a banner year. So I think it's a team thing also that the team is doing so well. And that kind of brings them up. You know, I just can't let the mention of Verdugo go by without mentioning that he's on the never going to be a boyfriend list. And he's the reason why it just pains me to, to root for the Red Sox, because he is, in, you know, credibly implicated in, in, a, in a rape case, at least as a, a accomplice observer. So now that's an important thing to mention. I apologize. I hadn't even uh, thought about it that in a while, because we've had a lot more news yeah. on that front that we'll get to. Right. But yeah, you know, you're right. It's a popularity contest, mm-hmm. and you know we can't take too much stock into it. However, the last man on our list here is someone who is absolutely deserving of every vote across the country and maybe across the world, and that's Shohei Otani. Which is a pick by Patty. So if we're going to total this up, Patty, I'm tipping my hat. You have eight picks, two of them current from this year, which is twice as many as me on both accounts. I have four picks. One is current. Just a quick rundown of the Home Run Derby because it's not a complete lineup yet, but there are five, right, did I add, right? Yeah, five confirmed Derby participants, which means they need three more. Three of them are boyfriend picks by Patty. That would be Shohei Otani, Pete Alonso, and Trevor Story. None of them are current, but still, you get credit for that. Trey Mancini, I'm shocked that neither one of us picked, especially because he's such a wonderful guy in so many ways. And of course, his like bounce back year this year after having cancer is incredibly heartwarming. So he's one to watch for the Home Run Derby. And then just announced, I think yesterday, was Salvador Perez, who would be, if if there's a, a chance in hell that he wins it, would be the first catcher to do so. So that would be pretty cool. But three more. Yeah, I, I'm willing to do it. You know, I moved out to Colorado. <laughs> Are you I free? play golf. I've never mm-hmm. before hit an eight iron 160 yards. So the altitude really helps. I have to say about <laughs> shout out to my boy Trey Mancini too. When the O's did a hockey jersey road trip, Trey Mancini was representing my captain, one of my favorite players of my home, New York Islanders, Anders Lee's jersey, number 27 for the New York Islanders. So I don't know if Trey's an Islanders fan. I don't know what the deal with that is, but I was so happy to see that. So shout out to Trey Mancini there. All right. Well, we'll have to check in with Patty next week, I think, for our picks for who's going to take the home run derby. And speaking of picks, I think I'm going to go this through this pretty quickly because we've got the big issue of the day, which is just kind of looming. And I know that Blake here is chomping at the bit to rant in uh, Patty's stead. Predictions. It is the beginning of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody, to all who celebrate. That is today, even though this podcast is going to drop on the 6th. And at the beginning of each month, we check in on those predictions that we made before the season began. And Patty and I were almost the same in our predictions for who would take each part of the National League and each part of the American League. Right now, the only one that's panning out for us, well, is one in each league, the National League East. We picked the Mets. They're up by two and a half over the Nationals. Neither one of us expected the Nationals to go anywhere. 
But uh, they were moving until, I don't know, Schwarber's injured. And now I think we're screwed. And Trey, and, and Trey too, right? Yeah, Trey's a little banged up. We got Schwarber on the IL. Um, now Alex Avila's on the IL. Andrew right. Stevenson's still on the IL. So we got some outfield issues for the Nats. But the pitching has finally stepped up. Guys like Eric Fetty and Joe Ross are pitching more consistently. I'm not going to say they're Cy Young contenders, but they're, you know, they're, they're consistent. And so the Nats are just coming out of nowhere. It's awesome to see. Yeah. So who knows? I would be fine if they upset our prediction of the Mets taking the East. Uh, just for the record, we both picked St. Louis, <laughs> where the Central, which is looking really embarrassing, and the Padres for the West, which could still happen. I, I, I have faith in the Padres. So for the American League... The one that our prediction that's holding is the AL Central with the White Sox, despite all the shit with Tony Larusa. I don't know. And I injuries. Mean, and injuries, too. You know, maybe the fact that he's absolutely the worst fit for that team. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was ranking all 30 teams for who's the best and worst fit for Tony Larusa, the White Sox would be dead last. Um, so, But maybe that's I, a positive for that. Maybe it says something for the players Despite him, I got a feel for um, Mercedes. He was having a absolutely fantastic year. And then suddenly his manager said, oh, you can hit, you know, he deserves to be hit for hitting a home run. You know, that's that's a normal thing to say about your player. And his numbers have tanked. I think he's hitting 198 or something like that. Don't check me on that. But his average just absolutely tanked. All his numbers tanked and he got sent down last week to triple a so you know there is still fallout from tony la Russa, despite the fact that the team is doing so well yep yeah and you know there was that whole rookie of the year contention and we did those kind of predictions too but i think we're going to check in those at the end and just for the record for the american league i uh, we had both picked oakland and they are not <laughs> leading and then for the east here's the embarrassing part i had picked toronto Patty had picked the Yankees. The Yankees are tanking. The Red Sox, my the my home team, the team of my birth, the team in my blood is is raking. They they had a super disappointing loss last night in the twelfth inning against Oakland. Uh, but overall, they've been on just this crazy tear. And the the part that warms my heart is Kike Hernandez has played a major role, especially in the past week. And he's been batting leadoff all season, sort of mediocre, you know, like with a sort of mediocre average. But I think that Cora, I mean, Cora has a longtime relationship with Hernandez and just had that kind of confidence in him and that, you know, he's able to be an everyday player now instead of uh, being whatever he was with the Dodgers, you know, utility, basically. I mean, absolutely. I think Kiki's always had the talent to be an everyday player, um, as did Jock mm-hmm. Peterson and a bunch of those guys on the Red Sox. Uh, sorry, on the Dodgers. It was just the consequence of being on such a stacked team. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's a great guy, and it's just yeah. awesome to see him play well. I'm, I'm a big Kike fan. This last week and the last couple of weeks have been a breakout. So his his overall average right now, I think, is up to, I think it was up to like 240 or something like that. But the past seven days, past seven days, he's up to 385, past 15, 302. So that is just crazy. And yeah, his overall average is 241. It was really hanging down in the low 200s for a while. But he had a leadoff home run in three out of five games within the past mm, couple weeks. And also some crazy defense. And I'm actually going to link the video to the one where he threw in from center. And he, he used his entire body behind it so that he threw and then he sort of took off flying like a Superman situation and then had to like tuck and roll to get out of it but just using that force and amazing aim it was a pickoff at the the plate and I think that was the um second game with the A's first or second where it was one of the extra innings saving the game and then he also saved the game with a RBI in the 10th that night last night he also had a home run so he's up to 10 for the season but I think most of them are within the past couple weeks so Super happy with Kike and my Red Sox, and I'm feeling super embarrassed to not have picked them for anything at the beginning of this year, like no predictions. And it's totally embarrassing that both of us thought that the Yankees were going to be that much better, and they have just absolutely tanked. That's fine by me. I have no issues with the Yankees (laughs) doing poorly. 
As as for you, on the other hand, I, I don't feel bad that you didn't pick your hometown Red Sox. I'm glad that you feel bad about it. And <laughs> and even more so, I'm glad that Mr. Potty Mouth probably feels bad about it. I hope he walks around with the shame of underestimating his team every day. He wakes up in the morning yeah. and just well, feels a burning inside. So I don't know if he was in on this, though, because he didn't make a prediction officially. So he might be like I might be in the doghouse. Like he might just be only like, he knows what he fuck? thought at the beginning of the year. But, right. you know. I know, I know, I know him. He's a pessimist. I know what he thought. Do you think? I don't. I don't know. I don't I, know. I there think. was so the so the the big Mister Potty Mouth not being a pe- pessimist moment though was in two thousand four after Game Three of the AL East with with um when the Yan- with the Yankees beat the Red Sox something <laughs> crazy like nineteen to four or something and they were down yeah. three to nothing. Literally, I remember sitting on the couch at my mom's house in Florida and Mr. Pottymouth turned to me and said, the Red Sox are going to come back. Mark my words. And, and uh, you know, the rest is history. So I think he did pretty well there. There's an amazing thing about sports where sometimes you just feel a calm in the chaos. I remember yeah. watching game seven of the Nats World Series with you guys and we went down to nothing pretty early. Yep. And I just knew it was going to happen. I just felt calm. You know, I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed. I wasn't upset. I just felt relaxed. Sometimes you just get that feeling. It's such a weird sensation as a sports fan, but sometimes it happens. But then again, Mr. Potty Mouse was less experienced with heartbreak back then. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, that was a lot, a lot of experience. With I heartbreak. guess 2003. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, 2003. I guess. You- so 2003. And then yeah. also our age, both of us went to colleges in Boston in 86 that were like half New York. Oh, jeez. Oh, so it man. was, we suffered that year. We both suffered oh, that year. Man. Oh, yeah. Glad I brought All up right. the notorious errors of the Red Sox in field right. then. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, let's go to happier subject, especially because we have one more sad subject. So since you're pit, pinch hitting for Patty, Patty's got to brag, right? This the Okay. Okay. I'd be thrilled to brag. I, Patty, have done a fantastic job picking my team. <laughs> I am the smartest Maryland resident um, when it comes to baseball. Nobody is smarter than me. It is a pleasure to crush my dear friend Potty Mouth week after week. And I can just see in the future. I have mythical powers. Yeah, yeah, but Me. you also have the specific Patty. one. Wait, check, check Blake uh, oh. notes at the top. Oh, do I have to break? Oh, yes. Oh, and me, Patty, um, had the <laughs> foresight to pick Ryan Mountcastle um, yes. on my team, who is the AL Rookie of the Month for June, the first Oriole to do it since 2010. But anyway, I'm Patty, and I'm awesome, and everyone else is awful. There we go. All right. Did I do a good job? You did. did you did an okay? excellent job. You okay. did an excellent job. All right. We're going to have cool. to, I definitely have to get Patty on speed dial here so that we can check in with her on the next topic. So I'm going to just put a big content warning, trigger warning out there. If you want to skip this, skip this. We're going to talk. I, I even hate this fucking, you know, I, I didn't like talking about this guy before this incident, honestly. Like I was throwing this guy's name over to Patty consistently, but I unfortunately am now going to take Patty's job and start the police blotter segment. This is usually Patty's thing because she's very good and diplomatic and understanding how things work. And we're going to talk about Trevor Trevor Bauer, which this should really be Patty's gig right now. I'm going to run down just the basics without getting in too much detail. And then I'm going to let Blake explode because he's ready to burst over here. So a woman filed a restraining order against Trevor Bauer last Monday accusing him of sexually assaulting her on two occasions, April 21st and May 16th. The hearing on the restraining order only is set for July 23rd. He has not been arrested yet, which is an issue. And actually, the woman publicly stated confusion about why hasn't he been arrested. MLB opened investigation the day that the restraining order was placed, but it took them a couple days before they suspended Bauer for seven days on Friday. And those of us here in DC were shaking at our boots a little bit because he was uh, scheduled to be pitching today, 4th of July against the Nats. And I was ready to go down with my picket, but that would have gotten in the way with this podcast. So I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad they suspended him. He suspended for seven days. They announced the suspension also 
right after the Dodgers visit to the White House. So I'm not sure. I don't know. Who knows about their timing? Maybe that had something to do with it. Bauer was not on the World Series team, so he did not go to the White House. He and his representatives, his lawyers, have claimed that these were consensual encounters. His agent, one of his agents. So this is another weird thing that's come out here. Like very publicly, Rachel Lube has been his agent, very publicly. And she retweeted some screenshots posted by Larry Brown Sports, which were the graphic texts. And I'll link them for anybody who wants to see between Bauer and the woman. And, you know, that's just slimy move number one. And then the other thing is the first time that the, the incident was reported, it just said John Federoff was Bauer's agent. And then in other articles, he was called his lawyer and then he was called his co-agent. And what it actually is, is they are co-agents, Luba and Federoff. But Federoff is a smart and it apparently potentially slimy lawyer. He is a partner at Zuckerman Spader in D.C. and specializes in white collar defense, which means, you know, give me the money, I'll get you off. His name is one of the, the only baseball connection that was found in this article that I'll also link in our show notes was that he got Carlos Martinez off on on an assault rap that was actually a bar fight. That didn't hopefully look so slimy. It, and interestingly, it also involved Marcelo Zuno talking about abuse, but there you go. So that's the, that's the situation where we stand right now. But of course, there are many layers of unpacking to do. And I'm sure y'all have heard a lot about this, but we just have to express our collective disgust at the situation and concern for what's going to be happening in the future. Yeah. You know, I mean, first, before I, I go into it, one update, um, the Pasadena police off uh, department has come out and said that there's more to this than they expected and more potentially more allegations. So the yeah. reason he hasn't been invest uh, arrested yet was that the, inv- they're still investigating. So they think this actually could be bigger. That doesn't mean they can't arrest him and continue to investigate. Right. But just to point out, there is possibly a lot more to this. I mean, Trevor Bauer, as we've known, has been a, a character. You see the people he associates with and what they're like. You see the media organizations like Barstool that he continues to support and be part of and what they stand for. So this is, you know, but this is a disgusting act from the evidence we have so far. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I believe in due process, of course. He deserves the best defense he can get. He deserves, you know, as a citizen of our country, you know, he deserves all evidence to be out there without judgment. You know, we do believe in innocent until proven guilty. But the evidence that we have so far points to an incredibly disgusting act. The pictures are horrifying, horrifying. Absolutely. Are the pictures published? Um, I saw a picture somewhere out there. I'm not quite sure if you read that athletic article describing it. It's horrifying. I had friends who couldn't even read it, and I don't blame them because it's just disgusting. You know, people have their own sexual preferences. I'm not here to judge that. Some people need certain things to make it enjoyable, and you can consent to that. You can have safe words, right? That's totally okay. But there are lines that should never be crossed. Bashing someone's face is a line that should never be crossed, right? You can't consent if you're unconscious. Yeah, that's a big deal. You can consent to certain things in the bedroom. You cannot consent if you're unconscious, okay? And, you know, we can pretend, let's say it was an accident. Let's say they agreed to do certain things. Trevor Bauer doesn't realize his own strength. He accidentally knocks her out. You stop, okay? You stop and you help the damn person. Accidents happen. Now, I don't think this was an accident, okay? I want to make that clear. I don't think this was an accident. But even if it was- Have some damn respect. Yep. Respect people's right to consent. You cannot consent when you are unconscious. You cannot. Yep. And the response from him. Oh, go ahead, please. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that the leaking or posting those texts that he had with the women, with the women are essentially irrelevant because sexting is very different than anything that you do in person. And there are a lot of things that people say over text that they would never do in person. You know, I mean, look at fucking Twitter. There's every moment people are posting shit that they wouldn't say to a person's face. And that is not a contract. A texting conversation is not a contract. 
you can withdraw from consent at any right. time. You can That's agree to do important. one thing. And if you feel unsafe or uncomfortable, you can right. withdraw from consent at any point. And your partner needs to respect that. Yeah. They sh- not just shouldn't, not just should respect that. They must respect that. Yeah. Obviously his response was disgusting. The Dodgers response was disgusting to cop out and say the MLB is handling it. So if he's available on Sunday, well, he might as well pitch. Why not? Right. It's not our problem. Screw you, Dave Roberts. I thought you were better than this. I thought you were better than this. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, as Red Sox history, obviously I did too. You know, he's totally an old uh, favorite, but losing it. And I can't even imagine if that had happened in D.C. I mean, if there's, if we can't fucking vote for our all-stars, there's one thing that D.C. people know how to do, and that is protest. And I think there would have been a scene at Nats Park. I had friends who were torn with the idea of, can I even face going to this game? Or should I go and scream the hell? out of it. You know, I mean, that's a conundrum. No fan should be put in. Yeah. They should never be uncomfortable to be in the same stadium. Right. As someone. Yeah. I would have picketed. Yeah. Well, that's I I mean, I'm glad to hear that. I, I just, I mean, I have a friend who won't say his name. She calls him tomato baloney. She won't even yeah. say Trevor Bauer. That's how much she hates the guy. And that was before the accusation. Yep. That's how I felt before this. Absolutely. That's totally how I felt before this. And by the way, it took the MLB way too long to do something. Yeah. It took the MLB way too long to do something. What are they doing? If the Dodgers are going to deflect to the MLB and the MLB ain't going to do crap for days. I mean, we see the evidence. We have it laid out in front of us. And by the way, there's a chance this poor woman doesn't even get the restraining order because the standard of proof you can check with Mr. Potty Mouth because he's a lawyer. So maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) But my understanding is that the standard of proof for a restraining order is actually pretty damn high. Yeah. Could you imagine being someone to come out against a celebrity? It's hard enough to ever make an accusation against someone the way we treat survivors in this country. But against a celebrity, you have to then have the money to hire a lawyer yourself because you're going to be dragged through the media and have to go through all of this. It's trash. It's absolute trash. I I mean, I just want to say it's so important that we hold people accountable, right? We need to see examples of people being held accountable. But at the same time, we can't pat our backs and say, look, we did it. We fixed it. Right. Because women face this every day, whether it be small harassment in the workplace, whether it be on the walking on the street feeling unsafe, or whether it be violence by a partner. According to the CDC, one in five women report having experienced severe physical violence from an intimate partner in their lifetime. That's That's awful. That's and, 20%. and just so you know, it's not just a problem for women. One in seven men report the same thing. Hmm. One in five women have experienced what, what the CDC calls contact sexual violence by an intimate partner. That means rape, uh, attempted rape, unwanted touching, anything like that that involves contact. One in five women. 10% of women have reported being stalked by an intimate partner. Okay. And how do we wow. handle this in our country? According to a study from 2012 from the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, out of 100 cases of rape, only 12 lead to arrest, 9 lead to prosecution, and 5 lead to a felony conviction. Now, those numbers are a little old, but still, that's 2012, okay? That ain't that long ago. That is disgusting. It's July 4th, right? You brought me a history teacher on this podcast on July 4th. (laughs) Almost 250 years ago, we bothered to declare that all men are created equal and that there are unalienable rights endowed by our creator, not given to us by governments, not given to us by other people, given to us by some higher power, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, of course, when that was written, it only referred to certain people, but in our modern understanding, we understand that human rights extend to everyone, men, women, people of all colors, ethnicities, whatever it may be, genders. Well, as a fellow history teacher, though, I do want to to emphasize that point that maybe so embedded in our nation's history is that does only apply to the few. I mean, and the wealthy Absolutely. and the white male have always had more rights than Absolutely. others. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so the point here is, if these are rights given to us by some higher being, if we are going to commemorate the fact that someone in human history bothered to declare that there's something more than being subject to other people, that we 
have certain things that each of us are entitled to, then we need to live up to that. We need to do better than this. We have needed to for a long time, but I just don't want this to get forgotten in just this Trevor Bauer case, because it is not just Trevor Bauer and it is not just the people that he has victimized. It is many women in America and across the world every day. And we need to do better than that. And it's a continual failure failure on the part of MLB. I mean, as we said before, Alex Verdugo, absolutely nothing happened to him. That's been swept under the rug. Um, Look at what's happening with Ozuna. You know, the cops fucking saw him abusing and he's challenging that and saying that, I mean, he's got some good lawyers behind him saying that that was not true and that more facts will come out. I don't know, the legal system and the money to fund it. There's so much more to this, too. How does the MLB handle cases of white players versus Latino players? Yes, that's I mean, do I think that Ozuna, the pitcher, should be still in the game? Absolutely not. Did he get suspended way longer than many white players? And this this is across the board in all leagues. In the NHL, Slava Voinov, a Russian defenseman for the LA Kings, was accused of uh, domestic violence, and he has the longest suspension of NHL history, five and a half years. And that's that's the right five thing and a half to years. do. But wow. Patrick Kane, an American star player, has been accused on multiple occasions of sexual violence and domestic violence. And has the league done anything to Patrick Kane because he's a superstar, because he's an American? Absolutely not. I'm not defending Slava Voinov here. Okay, he deserves the punishment he got. But we need to hold everyone accountable. Right. Including last year's Cy Young winner. All right. At the risk of shitty audio and having to edit this out, I'm going to I'm going to phone in Patty just so that she can get a few words in if she's if she's possible. Here's the ringtone. Let's see if she can do it. She's on I-95 somewhere. We're thinking of you, Patty. I think it's not going to work. I hope hello. we didn't catch her right oh, in the harbor. There's tunnel. Patty. Patty. Oh, hey. Patty. Hello. Welcome to No Crying in Baseball, episode 194 with Blake. I've heard hey, of the show. I love you guys. Oh, wait. <laughs> I've got Thank to tell you, you that, that Blake just did you so proud, so proud with an incredible rant on the Trevor Bauer incident. But I wanted to make sure that even, even though you're, you're, with potentially sketchy reception that we could give you a, a moment of ranting. If, if, if you have something <laughs> that you need to get off your chest while you're seatbelted in there traveling up I-95, right? I-95? Actually, I'm on 81 because we're going to Western New York. Oh, right, right. Yeah, well, you know, middle New York. We're going up. Right, up, upstate yeah. New York is upstate, what, is what Blake said. Adirondacks, I'm trying to say Adirondacks, but it's a big word. Yeah. And I haven't had enough coffee. I yes. just, it, because in your honor, well, not in your honor, this is going to, I just had a beer. I'm not going to name it because yeah, that, that part isn't in your honor, but it's, I just had a beer for our morning episode. Excellent. Did it involve blood orange? Because that's my favorite ingredient in a breakfast it, beer. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to, it's, it's actually named after me more than you. It's a tropical bitch from Flying Dog, which I think has some sort of citrus in it. Sure. Which definitely makes it a, a breakfast food. So, um, right. so Blake, are, are you two indulging? I have, um, am I allowed to say brand loyalty? I don't know. You, you can say whatever you want. Nobody, I can. Okay. nobody calls us Perfect. in. We're not going to get sued. Yeah, being here in Denver, Colorado, I'm proudly. Oh, shoot, shoot. Yeah, actually he the is question. there, but he's, he's, in my, he's in my ears, so Patty can't hear you. Okay, oh, no. so tell her I'm answering, yeah. the, I'm answering the question. So I, I, I will answer it. Yeah, go I ahead. have a Coors Light as a, a Denver local. I have a Coors Light oh, in my hand. Oh, no. He's he's drinking that beer in, that's made in Denver that we don't approve of. We don't approve of it. What happened? Did I miss something? Cores cores are fascists. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's so much bad stuff. Oh that man! Happens. See, you didn't call me for a beer yet, but I'm willing to go on one of those too. <laughs> oh my god! All right. All right. So so, how do you feel about what's happening with Trevor Bauer, Patty? How do I feel about it? I was just, you just woke me up from a nap. I'm yeah. just saying. But, um, actually, <laughs> actually, no, I was, I was listening to a, um, to a, 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 my kids podcast, which was getting me all fired up about oh. um, bad, bad people in lots of places with terrible attitudes. So I actually, I'm kind of primed for this. So yeah, so I'm completely ticked off. I, I can't believe I am, I am sick to death about his 
agents. I'm yeah. sick to death about Dave Roberts. Um, nobody looks good in this situation. That this is one of those things that people could have acted swiftly and decisively and chose not to. And a lot of people are suffering from it and it's no good. And as somebody who was watching the Nationals Dodgers series and as of, you know, even like the Thursday night went, oh yeah, Bauer's going to pitch on Sunday. How did that go so long before yep. that, got, that, that got tamped down? Um, yeah, there's everything is wrong about this. It's like, you get him the hell out of baseball. Let's investigate this thing and then burn in hell. Wow. You're going to be so proud of, of Blake. Can I just say he did, he did so well and, and hit and extrapolated on your major points. So it's like you guys had a mind meld going on. I think Patty hit it just more succinctly. Well, that's why I was glad to hear that, that Blake was going to be your Patty for today, even though he's not alliterative, alliterative in that way, because I felt like that mind meld was going to work. Totally. Totally. Yeah. All right. We, and, and of course, we're going way over time already. So uh, I'm going to just keep going. I think we've beaten this down at this point. Um, do you, do you want to stay on the line for the, actually you're, you can only hear me. So you probably don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. I, I you know, I, the driver's talking to me now, oh. and, like is mouthing words at me that I don't, I keep, you know, Cam keeps saying Blake and I don't know why Cam keeps Blake. Hi Blake. Cam. Hi oh, Patty. Like, Blake, Cam Camden is proposing that we go with potty mouth and Blake, but I don't think Blake. that's okay. <laughs> it sounds like the plague, like a disease has come upon you guys. Yeah, or maybe it was. I don't know. I, I don't know. Blake said that that sounds like the plague, like it's it's a disease that yeah. has come upon us. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we, we don't want to we don't want that implication at all. That's hysterical. I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let you guys go. I'm very proud of you. I'm sure I'll be even more proud of you when I get to hear the episode, which may be days from now because I'm going off the grid. As, as wow. As, 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 yeah. Enjoy yeah. enjoy your time off the grid. Absolutely. Thank you. Bask Thank in you the sun, everybody. Have fun with family, and we miss you. Don't get eaten by a bear. Miss you guys too. Thanks, Blake, for stepping in. Oh, it's a pleasure. Bye. Bye, Patty. Love you. See you. All right. So in in Patty's honor, I'm going to continue with the police blotter. And speaking of white guys who get away with shit, I just wanted to do a little check-in from Patty's piece in episode 171 on Jared Porter, who you folks will remember had been the GM of the Mets, but was fired for sending dick pics to something that Nobody wants to get a female journalist in 2016 while he was actually working for the Cubs. But he sent a shit ton of texts to this woman unanswered and sent her dick pics. So he has been placed. And yeah, this is this is bizarre. He has been placed as of June 30th on the I.L. I don't understand that sort of like he's he's uneligible. His mind is his mind is injured, I think. Yeah. Until at least the end of 2022. So that's next year, the end of next year. Yeah, like, he'll fuck? get a job and he'll get a job in baseball again. I mean, right. look, look at Hinch. Hinch is back in baseball. All these guys, they all get jobs in baseball. Get it? It don't yeah. end. And let me tell you, you're lucky to have a real live man on your show for a change. Because I can tell you, <laughs> in my entire life, I've never felt compelled to send pictures of my penis. I mean, I know this is an issue you don't have, Potty now, but no, I, I no. don't get it. I have never Why had that compulsion either. Just want to send. I just don't get it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to send it. No one wants to look at my penis. I've recognized that since I was a child. It's something you learn at two years old when your mother teaches you how to put on your pants. Nobody out there wants to look at your penis. I don't know how to get this message across any clearer. Thank you. I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. We don't want to receive it either, especially multiple unanswered dick pics. Absolutely not. So the sad ending to our police blotter actually is going back to the Tyler Skaggs situation, which is heart-wrenching. The pitcher from the Angels who died two years ago as of a, a few days ago. It was the second anniversary of his death on July 1st, which I didn't realize. And his family is now suing the Angels for negligence. There's two lawsuits going on. In episode 104, we talked about this, and we talked about how the director of communication for the Angels, Eric Kay, had admitted to supplying Skaggs with Oxy for years. So he's already facing federal charges for fentanyl distribution that led to his death, and the trial is in August. So this is the civil suit and the reason why they're putting it in now is because the statute of limitations is expiring. The angels, the complaint says that the angels knew that Kay was an opioid addict himself and that his boss, Tim Mead, was told about this. And the shitty part here 
is what's going to happen is Skaggs's reputation is going to be raked over the coals. This guy who died two years ago, who the whole team honored, and they had that combined no-hitter right after he died, and it was heart-wrenching. And the team is at this point going to be insinuating that it was his own fault and giving evidence of the dirt of his drug addiction. If the angels are found guilty, if Kay and his superiors are found guilty, Manford can fine the team as much as $5 million, which actually doesn't seem like a shit ton of money. And MLB could suspend any individual possibly for life and fine them individually up to a million dollars. It could also expose the angels to further action from MLB. All of this is going to take a long time. So the the suit was just filed. There's going to be motions. There's going to be counter motions. This could take years before the evidence actually comes to light, but it's going to mean a lot of stress for his family. And I don't know, I guess. You know, we got to hold people accountable, as I said before. And, and, you know, we got to face the fact that just like we talked about violence against women, we have an issue in this country with, with opioid addiction. And I think particularly for athletes, you know, even from a young age, we have athletes who are getting injured in college and high school. Obviously, you kind of want some painkillers after Tommy John surgery. Like, I get right. it, you know, there's no way around that. But we need to be better about controlling that substance, about recognizing addiction, about not enabling addiction, and about treating addiction instead of punishing addiction. Because we can't just blindly have clubhouses supplying painkillers to get the guy out there to have a better start, right? right. That's detrimental. Uh, we can't just keep doping someone up to try to get them out there pain-free, right? especially pitchers. You know, and there's there's a lot of sad medical news. Uh, this is separate from opioids, but I'd be remiss not to mention, I went to an A-10 school, so I was really sad to hear this. Um, a pitcher from George Mason passed away after complications from his Tommy John surgery. Oh, my God. Which there's generally not complications from Tommy John surgery. I don't, I, I don't know the details if it was an infection or something like that with surgery. It wasn't opioid-related. But, you know, we see so many injuries. Yeah, and, and Tommy John surgery has been so, at this point, it's sort of like, just do it. You know, it's like people yeah. don't even think of it. Like, just get another Absolutely. one. They're, they have multiple. And, and the reality is surgery has risks. Any surgery has risks. It does. And, and you know, I mean, this is not to say that Mason ever pushed this kid to do anything or whatever. You know, I, I don't want to implicate mm-hmm. anyone in this. But the point is, we're having more and more competitive players from younger and younger ages. And that's more opportunities to have medical issues. That's more opportunities to get hooked on opioids. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. We shouldn't have players developing or being competitive. I'm just saying that we need to better understand the risks and yeah. and try to be more preventative than responsive like we are now. Yeah. So we're going to take a turn on this podcast right now for the happy. And we're going to end with a bunch of happy shit, including a good thing from the angels show. Yay. Otani, who has been uh, named American league player of the month for June being number one in home runs, slugging on base percentage plus, uh, and with a three Oh nine average, he's also a pitcher. You guys know he's he's his pitching stats aren't quite as sharp. Four nine four ERA on 30, 23.2 innings in June, but he also has 30, 30 home runs at the time of recording with ten stolen bases. So I wanted to check out this guy pitching, and I tuned in the night that he was pitching to the Yankees, and I felt so bad for him. It was so sad. He couldn't get out of the first inning. He walked four. He hit a guy. He was pulled after two outs. I thought I, it was amazing like that he even got to two outs. The more amazing thing, though, was that 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 game was rain delayed. And then the Angels made a comeback in the end and beat the Yankees despite losing their pitcher in the first inning and being the Angels with their offense. And they still won that game. So that says a lot about the Yankees. But hey, yay, Shohei. I just don't get the Angels all these years. Yeah, you've got Otani, you've got Trout, you've Rendon. made solid findings like Rendon extending David Fletcher. I mean, they need to invest in pitching. They they lose every game like seven to six. Okay, yeah. it's just ridiculous. You got a manager who I don't particularly like, who Davey Johnson once aptly described as a weird wuss in Joe Madden, but obviously a very talented <laughs> manager and. 
it's just, yeah, it makes you wonder, like, what the hell is wrong with Anaheim? And we just talked about the Tyler Skagg stuff. You know, what? Is there something weird? Did Disney pollute the water too much? Like, I don't know. Like, is there's just something <laughs> weird about the Anaheim Angels, the Los Angeles, the Los right. Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I apologize. Right. The Los Angeles Angels, if you translate that all to English, would be the, the Angels, Angels. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. of angels. It's yeah. too many angels, one would say. <laughs> Funny enough, though, we're speaking about the angels. Former uh, angels manager, longtime angels manager, legendary angels manager who led them to the World Series in 2002. Mike Scotia is the manager for the U.S. Olympic team. Um, so a little fabulous. positive angels news there. Yeah. Um, some other big names on the Olympics, guys, you might remember. Someone potty mouth might remember in a negative light being a Red Sox fan. Melky yes. Cabrera headlines Absolutely. the team. For the Dominican Republic and my Jewish brother, my dear friend in spirit, Ian Kinsler, is leading the way for Team Israel, along with former Mets infielder Ty Kelly, I've been informed. So wow. Lots of fun names there in the Olympics. Yeah. And absolutely bless Team Israel for being in the Olympics with, and I didn't even list them all, but it's like what Mexico, DR, US, Korea, Japan, and Israel. Viva. I mean, if you look at the team, it's like Team Israel, Israeli uh, or Jewish Americans, which I yeah. think makes me more excited than Team Israel itself. Being Team Jewish Americans is like, yeah. Right, right. I know. Like Jewish baseball players, we're going to just like embrace any one of them. So but for those of uh, you who want to find follow the Olympic action, I believe that Israel faces off against Korea in the first game on the 28th. I didn't write that down. So we're, we're working on my brain cells here. But July 28th through August 7th, you can catch that Olympic baseball. And uh, I would totally recommend it. All right. So what Patty usually does at this point in the show is Patty asks me, what am I doing this week coming up? So Blake, what are you doing this week coming up? This week coming up, I actually have one of my dear friends from DC coming into town in Denver. So we're doing all sorts of things, rafting, horseback riding, um, hot air ballooning, all these things I'd never done before. So wow. very exciting for me. And come a week from Tuesday, I will be at the 2021 All-Star Game. So wow. that is the highlight for my week coming. How about you? What's going that on? That is fabulous. You know, I am working this week. That is so much less fun. I'm actually working. It's so weird for a teacher. I'm now a program manager, so I get to do summer Summer work. So that's what I have in store. Not quite as much fun. Although I'm going to go to the T-Bolts game on Tuesday night. It's supposed to be hot as fuck. So I am really not looking forward to this, but it's going to be CPBL night at the T-Bolts. So how can I not go? Apparently uh -oh. there are some former T-Bolts who played in the CPBL or I don't know. I don't know the connection, but I will learn a lot more on Tuesday night and I will report back to the class afterwards. But I think that's my baseball this week. Yeah. That will be fun for you. But there's nothing that sucks worse than a D.C. summer. As someone who lived there for many years, <sighs> it's just awful. And it's, and it's so variable each day. Like yesterday and today were both gorgeous. But like Tuesday is supposed to be, of course, the worst of the week. And that's when I'm going. But I promised I would go and and Patty's kid Camden who's who's always there at every game because kind of pretty much runs the show this year is away with Patty clearly so I get to go in and take notes for both of them so I will do that I will get my like uh, that towel thing that keeps you cool and put it around my neck get a lot of water and go watch our local wooden wooden bat Baseball Collegiate League. I don't know what order those words go in, but that's that's the basic idea. The thing with the wood sticks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to watch the guys yeah, with the wood sticks hit the ball. Hit the round object. Yeah. And hopefully it will go far. And if it goes far enough, it's going to hit the firefighters because they're like way out there in the outfield. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, or if they foul off, there's the um, football field right next door where actually there is some nights there's soccer being played. And one night we were there, there was some West African <laughs> soccer league happening. And I was just like every foul ball that went over there, I was just praying it didn't club oh a soccer my player. God, yeah. that's amazing. Yep. 
You got to love, support your local baseball people, support your local baseball. So if you folks out there need something to do this week with your spare time, check out our back episodes. You can find them pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts. And, uh, you know, find us on Twitter. Talk to us at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. And so until then, you know, all that stuff that Patty usually says, Eat, take your vitamins, fight the man, do all those things. And you know what, Blake, we usually end with me saying goodnight potty mouth. So I don't know. Do you, do you have a sign off that you won? <laughs> Can you think of anything on the spur? Um, try not to be assholes to each other. That's right. what I can say after this episode. Let's take care of each other, guys. All right. And on that note, I'll say goodnight potty mouth. Ready to roll? I think so. Let's do it.